Hey guys, welcome into the Bear With Us podcast. I'm Jack. He is Frank. Uh, I've 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 made my glorious return when we did our post game pod, uh, and I don't plan on going anywhere, Frank. So so I'm back. I'm back for the foreseeable foreseeable future. I can never say that word right. Foreseeable future. Tough one. I don't know why. But anyways, I'm back. Uh, we have a lot to discuss, so we're just kind of. Get into it. If you want to hear our Bears Vikings thoughts, we already did that on our post game pod. Um, I don't know, Frank. I, I was left more with disappointment than anger. Really, it wasn't one of you know. I, I think back to those losses at the end of last year, right? Where even not even the end, but like any time they lost, and you and I were just pissed, and the, we got a ton of views because everybody was like, "Ooh, Bears fans who are mad, let's watch that." I, I wasn't mad after that game. I, w- I was just disappointed more than anything. Uh, cause it, it took away, it, it was such a weird ending to a game and, and we didn't really get to see what we wanted to see from it, whether it being a good outcome or a bad outcome. It just kind of, it almost felt like a tie, right? Like you're kind of just like, did, did we win? Did we lose? I, I don't really know. Uh, are, are you still angry about the game? Is, is there anything else that you really wanted to talk about before we uh, sort of move on to, to week six and, uh, some other touch points. No, I, I didn't have any more parting thoughts on the game. Um, I think we said all that needed to be said in that post-game wrap-up, the post-game, uh, what do we call them, reactions. Um, but just like you said, I, that, that's really what I left with. Like, And I'm okay. I'm okay with the feeling of disappointment. Because to me, that disappointment comes from having hope. Like There was hope in that game. It was like, holy shit, Justin's looking good. Offense is looking better. This is a fun second half. It was checking off all the boxes of what we wanted to see this year. Um, and it gave us hope that we could win that game or Justin go down and tie the game. Um, but the anger, and that's what I wanted to distinguish after you said that, and then we can sort of get into what we wanted to talk about. But the anger usually comes from being unwatchable. That's not acceptable to me anymore. I'm, I'm not accepting this team being unwatchable. What the consequence to the team is going to be is probably nothing. But I don't know why I say it's unacceptable. But... Um, that, that's when we when we get angry, when it's like, what are we watching right now? Like you, you just like you, you harken back to the, the end of the naggy days, just an undisciplined, ugly team to watch. No identity, a team with a young quarterback that, you know, had a, a coaching staff that was dead in the water. It just felt so meaningless. Right. Um, so I'm OK with disappointing losses if it means progress for this team and an identity being formed. And again, I said this a million times, I'll continue to say it as the number one thing is just being fun. And that was a fucking fun game. So I will always take that. Yeah. And I, I think most bears fans would agree with you that, that it was a fun, enjoyable game unexpectedly too, because let's, let's not, let's yeah. not uh, just erase what happened in the first half. People were very angry, including yourself and mine and myself as well. That, that was a brutal first half. Um, I think if anything, the anger I felt was, <laughs> if I felt anger at all, it was that a guy like Amir Smith-Marset should never be put in a position like that because he's just not good enough. The 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 Bears had every opportunity to build depth in the offseason, whether that's drafting, using one of their two dra- second-round picks to draft a receiver like you and I had expected them to, uh, or if that's to sign a receiver in the offseason. Um and it just it, that I think that was one of those things. But again, you know, that's where it comes into our, our watch guide. And it really is a good reminder that this team is not built to win right now. They're not built to win 10 plus games, go to the playoffs and be done with it. 
right? They're built to not lose, but just to see what pieces they have for the future while also building up some potential compensation and in draft picks and things like that. So I think that's all there is to say about uh, really that game. But I think it's a good segue, Frank, into um, one of the bigger things to happen after this week. And that was the firing of Matt Rule. Um, it's something that you and I had thought could have happened at the end of last year. He had been on our hot seats since last year as well when we did our, our hot seats for coaches. Um, I think we were both kind of surprised that Matt Rule made it another year. And really the only reason to me is how much money he was making. Yeah. It's it's hard to just – I don't understand how he got that contract in the first place. That never made sense to me at all. But that offense was just bad. And his decision to get Sam Darnold – then Baker Mayfield, it just didn't work out. Um, but what I wanted to talk about was with him, his removal, right? A lot of rumors are that teams have started reaching out for veterans. They want to start shedding some bigger contracts to maybe start a potential rebuild uh, in Carolina. And one name that I thought makes a ton of sense for the Chicago Bears is DJ Moore. Uh, very underrated receiver um, in Carolina. He was not being used effectively at all this year. I think he makes a ton of sense for the Bears to target and go get um, use a maybe a middle round draft pick. Just to, I mean, it just makes sense. Uh, Frank, what are your thoughts on on potentially getting DJ Moore? And do you think it's now the, is the right time to do that for the Chicago Bears? I would be I would be all in on DJ Moore. Um, that that was the one thing you've already touched on a little bit. You know, when it comes to disappointment, and we're gonna feel it more than just again uh, than we did against the Vikings where it's like, why is this receiver mate trying to make this play right now? We should have someone better here. And it was something that me and you both touched on in the off season. I, while we completely understand this is a rebuild or a retool or whatever, part of this rebuild or retool is, is already in place. Meaning we have the young quarterback on a rookie contract. So now you have to invest in him and, and, you know, I think what that what that would have looked like or should have looked like was drafting. If it was up to me, I would have gotten both George Pickens and Alec Pierce in the second round over the secondary pieces that we got, um, because you want to surround him with talent to, to further just dispel any sort of excuses that there could be as whether or not this is the guy. And we said this in the off season. I don't want to you know make it seem like um, we're you know rewriting history or changing our thoughts. We did say that we would be okay with the corner, but we were very explicit about hating a safety pick. If that was going to be a pick and it was, and we were pissed on this podcast, we wanted a receiver. We wanted multiple receivers uh, in the off season, especially in the draft. Like, I don't, you know, free agent wise, like DJ Chark, I wasn't too concerned with that. I say all that to say, Justin is, con- is showing you more strides. Get him someone here. I'm all in on DJ Moore. He's young. DJ Moore is like 24, 25. So I know he just signed his four-year deal, whatever it was, four or five-year deal with the Panthers. So now he he's locked up. We have cap space. We can move things around for year one to, to load it in year two or just spread it out more. You know, whatever you have to do, you do it. Because it's very clear, you know, while we're not a playoff team, but you you, you sort of cap the ceiling of Justin Fields with the talent that you have around him. Like there's only so much that he can do or, or, or that he, you know, there's only so much that he can progress with this type of talent around him because you, I, I, what you don't want to happen. I, I remember explicitly um, 
seeing this in the Jay Cutler era. And again, say what you will about Jay, whatever. But he was a young quarterback. He was going into year four when he came to the Bears. He wasn't a, a finished product yet. And he, he had always dealt with bad offensive lines, especially in Chicago. And there were years when he had a good offensive line and people would break down the film and they would say, look, he's bailing early or, or he's becoming a one read guy because he, he, he created this bad habit of not, he, he's so used to not having time in the pocket that he's not going through his reads correct, even though he knows how to go through his reads. It's these bad habits that you reinforce with young guys that sometimes they can't break. And I think it's the same thing um, with Justin Fields. Like I want him to feel confident enough to throw a receiver open. Maybe he's not really open, but you're putting it in the window where, where really he, you know, only he can catch it. But if these guys continuously drop the ball, and I would hope that someone's in Justin's ear saying, like, look, keep making that throw that was perfect. It doesn't matter if Pettis dropped the ball. But I feel like it's only – it's like human nature to be like, well, if he, he, I know he can't make that play, I'm just not going to do it. You know what I mean? And, th and that can create a bad – I don't want that. I don't want that for Justin. I want him to be confident out there. I want him to continue to make those strides and, and at least have faith in the weapons that are around him because realistically he probably only has faith in Komet and Mooney right now. Who else has, like, made a play for him? You know what I mean, Monty, a little bit with those throws in the flat. So, yeah, I, I know that was long-winded, and my apologies for that. But I say all that to say I would go as high as a second-round pick to get DJ Moore. You're talking about a young guy with a team-friendly contract yeah. that has put up <clears throat> multiple thousand. He, he has three 1,000-yard seasons with poor quarterback play. Who has been his best quarterback? Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy Bridgewater, probably. And that's no disrespect <laughs> to Teddy. I love Teddy, too, because I think he's a good quarterback. I think he, he's probably the best backup, and he, he would be – you know, a top 25 ish, top 20 quarterback. He's a, he's a good quarterback, but he hasn't had elite talent throwing him the football. Like yeah. get him in here. I, I'm, I'm all in on DJ. I don't know if you feel any differently, but I would, I would, if people think a second's an overpay, I'm firmly saying I'm okay with overpaying to get him. Cause I think he's a very good receiver. I, I honestly don't even think you'd need to give a second round pick for him. I would be for it. I wouldn't be necessarily angry about it, but I, I, I really don't. I mean, you saw guys like DeAndre Hopkins going for a second, you know, things like that. That's fair. I, I, you, these guys, you know, with the contract, the, you know, if the Bears are offering to take the entire contract, they'll probably lo limit the amount of compensation you'll have to give, maybe a fourth or a fifth round pick. You're, you're looking for guys like DJ Moore at that point in, the, in those rounds. Why not go get a guy you know has produced in this league and pe could be a really good fit in this offense? I mean, you're absolutely right, Frank. One of the things that you and I had talked about in the offseason, so many Bears fans were calling for, you know, the the number one wide receiver and, and things like that. And, and I don't necessarily think that Justin Fields needs a number one wide receiver to develop. It would obviously be great to have. You look at Kyler Murray's development with DeAndre Hopkins or how much Jalen Hurts, how much better he looks with a guy like A.J. Brown. Um or or Josh Allen with when he got Stephon Diggs, like he just took off because you have such talent. But on the flip side, you don't need to have something like that. Um, but it would it, it it helps your development to have guys who can catch the ball. And Dante Pettis can't be running out there dropping footballs left and right. That's just in his mo, right? And and you're so you're so shallow at the spot, um, you know. It, it's it's like a boon to get Nikhil Harry back. And he yeah. is a guy who hasn't done anything in the league. And you're like, you and I are both like, all right, here we go. You know, like that, he, he should be wide receiver four at the fucking best, but he might be wide receiver two at this point, just because of how how limited they are at that spot. So 
if you have an opportunity to get a guy who's produced in this league, maybe not a wide receiver one, right? Maybe not a dominant wide receiver in the league, but a guy who's produced and, and can prove to be a good, valuable addition right now, right? Right this second, you, you have to see what it costs. And, and if it's not something outrageous, you have to do it. I think they have the space, like you said, cap space wise, they have the compensation to do it draft pick wise. I say, go out and do it. I, I think it makes a ton of sense. But I, I also think though, Jack, um, unless the plan is to draft receivers early. And even if that's the case, that doesn't mean don't get DJ Moore Cause I don't know if he is, a, he probably isn't a true wide receiver one, but you pair that type of speed with him and Darnell Mooney with a potential number one pick next year, not, not the number one overall, but a first round pick next year at receiver. Think of like a Drake London prototype. I mean, that's a fucking receiver room right there. That, right. That's a whole turnaround. So yeah, I like, I don't see what would be part of our plan that would like make us not pursue DJ Moore if he is indeed available. I, we're saying all this as if the Panthers were like, hey guys, come and get him. We don't know if he is available, but in the, in the, you know, in the scenario that he is, we need to be the first ones on the phone and see what the hell the price is because I can't imagine they would be asking for a first and you're probably right. Maybe they don't even ask for a second, but a third or a fourth or even like a, a third and a fourth and fifth swap or something like that. Like that's not outrageous to pay for someone who's produced in this league. And it's not something that's unfounded either. We've seen guys that are bigger names go for less compensation in season, especially right before the trade block too. Like I think now is the perfect opportunity to do it. I, I just think it I makes agree. all the sense in the world. And, and like you said, if you get DJ Moore, that's less than you have to do in the off season, right? That's less, you know, you don't have to draft two receivers in the first and second round. You can maybe do it in the second round. If you really, you know, like a, like a pass rusher or an offensive lineman in the first, you know, it, it gives you more options. Um, I'm also thinking though, Jack, like it, let's say the Avenue is trade for a receiver. Who like, who is even, who would be a potential trade? You know what I mean? Like, He's really the only one as it stands right now because you'd like the AJ Brown situation was so left field that that yeah. I mean that escalated so fast. So I, I you but you and and I say that to say you can't like bank on that. Who who is like a young receiver that is going into year three or four that would want an extension that has the potential to be disgruntled in negotiations? That that list is like from year yeah. to year or even like <clears throat> every five years is so small. If, and you saw it with Debo. Right. You saw it with Debo, like everyone thought he was going to be an easy trade candidate right. and he ends up staying and signing. Like you can't you can't just expect guys who maybe you see the free agent, like with all the tags you can do now, you know, with all that stuff. Like you can't ever just assume that a guy who's listed as a free agent is going to be a free agent. You have to sometimes get a little bit aggressive. Um, and and I, we haven't really seen that from Ryan Poles yet. Right. We haven't seen him being aggressive yet. So I'm curious to see. When that happens, um, and, and I think DJ Moore makes a lot of sense for this team. Um, Frank, I know that you wanted to touch on uh, the the team as it currently stands. We're about you know five games in. I, I think they're about sort of where we expected them to be. Um, you know, I, I, I think maybe they could have won a game here or there that we, you know, expected them to. But overall, two and three is not the worst place to be right now. Um but I think it now is kind of a good a good time to sort of check in and 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 sort of look exactly where this team is at, and and sort of talk about guys that we think could be key players moving forward. 
Um, I, I think there's some obvious ones. Justin Fields, you know, Darnell Mooney. I, I think those are guys that, you know, just make a ton of sense. But are, are there any other players that, um, you know, sort of stood out to you so far in this young season that you really look at and you can say, you know what, I think we can build around these guys? Yeah, yeah you know, it, it's funny because it dawned on me that a big part of what we want this season to be is building that identity. Um, and with that, you need cornerstone pieces, you know, that to move forward with. And it just made me realize, like, we, I don't think we have that many. Like you said, you named the obvious ones. You named Justin, you named Darnell, probably Braxton Jones. But, but even then, he's having a good five games. We thought Larry Borum had a really good last year. Like, we don't know. You know what I mean? Like, who like who else has really stood out? Or like, defensively, probably only Jalen Johnson, as it stands. Brisker and, and, and Gordon are young. They haven't looked great. Gordon has obviously, obviously looked better. No one at the linebacker level looks like a cornerstone. The pass rush, again, Tr- Travis Gibson, his floor is very high. I think at, at his floor, he could be a really good rotational third-round pass rush type. That's valuable. But I'm talking about, like, blue-chip cornerstone, here's what you build on. You have Justin Fields and potentially Braxton Jones. Monty's a running back. If we pay him seven, eight million a year, I'm not upset, but I'm also not upset if we don't pay him. He's a running back. That, that is what it is. Darnell, I think he's showing us that he's not really a wide receiver one. Could he be a really good wide receiver two or wide receiver three? Absolutely. Do I consider that like a cornerstone? No. You know what I mean? And it's like, we still have plenty of time left, but yeah, it, it, it seems like that is really slim when you talk about building the identity and who you want to move forward. Next off season is going to, be, I think, crucial in this rebuild of who you draft, who you sign, where you plug in holes, what you do with Roquan Smith, because he's, I mean, he didn't feel like, at least in this defense, like a cornerstone type of guy. I mean, do, do you have that? Like Braxton Jones, I think is the only other one outside of Justin Fields for me that I'd be like, yup, he's a cornerstone dude. Yeah, I'd say I'd say Jalen Johnson is probably, and Jaylen. I, I, th- I think he fits that mold. Um, you know, Frank, what they need to do, like, and 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 this is just, it's it's tough to ask for, but it, it has to happen at some point. They got to find a superstar, a marquee player. When was the last time the Bears had a marquee player? Khalil Mack, they didn't find him. They didn't draft him. They traded oh, for him when like he was already good. Absolutely. They, I, you think Brad about guys. Lacker? Right. But but I mean I'm even talking on the on on offense, Frank. Like the wide receiver, they can't produce a wide receiver. You look at guys like Justin Jefferson. I mean, you know, he's a first round pick, granted, but nobody thought that he was going to be that you know the wide the best wide receiver in the league right now. Nobody thought Devontae Adams in the second round was. But those good teams find those guys. Yeah, I want to see if if Ryan Poles can identify superstars. That's this. Your team isn't going to win a lot without marquee players. You look at the Chiefs, the Bills, all those teams, man. Unless you're coached by the greatest coach of all time and can just churn out good players, good to very great players, left and right, you know, build offensive lines and things like that. That's great. But the Bears have not had an offensive marquee player drafted 
in uh, I I don't even know if you can really say since like Walter Payton maybe <laughs> like it's Jack I, the the three that came to mind and this this may be a bit of a stretch with at least one of them but the, these are the three on the offensive end that came to mind Alshon Jeffrey yep Matt Forte yeah which I think are two shoe ins you, you you have to but then the other one was Johnny Knox right who yeah. else even comes close that were drafted by the Bears, whether even offensive linemen. Like you think of like Gabe Karimi was a boss, granted he got hurt, so it is what it is. But like Kevin White never really touched the field. Like all of these early draft picks on offense never worked out. Yeah. Rex Grossman yep. was bad. And, Dude, and you know you- what's funny? I was looking at Rex Grossman's stats the other day. I don't know why he was on on my mind the other day. And I was like, you know what? He had that one good year. That one quote-unquote good year, he threw like 28 picks, dude. I didn't realize it was really a bad year. Dude, you go back in hindsight, you look, and and it's just they just they just don't find the right guy. They they have yeah. the right intentions, but they're just not able to 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 find to just figure it out to find those right pieces to build a lot to to build around. And it's just it's. But you know what, too, though, Jack, I I will say for as much grief as I've given Olin Krutz, because he's annoyed me highly over the last couple of years. The one thing he has always said that I thought he hit the head, just he hit it right on the money. And I, he was never blaming anyone. He was just calling it as he saw it. And it was correct. They've never really invested in the offense. Think about when they signed Julius yeah. Peppers. That was a top five defense already. Why the fuck are you giving J-Pep 160 mil or whatever it was? Even right. like Khalil Mack, I, I, I get it to a degree, but that was already a top 10 defense in a, in, in a league when that's good enough. We didn't necessarily need... Mac, like, did it make a, a difference for that one year? Absolutely, because then they, they went from like good to super elite. I totally get it, but again, super elite doesn't defenses that doesn't win you championships today. We need to do that on the offensive end, wh- whether it's drafting and signing that player to a major deal, solidifying your future, or fucking trading two first for Tyreek Hill. I don't mean literally us. I mean when that time comes to make that splash and free agency or a trade, it has to be the offensive side of the football. It can't be defense anymore. Right. Right. I mean, you know, you look at guys that got traded this offseason or signed, you know, Christian Kirk, Hollywood Brown, you know, like guys like that. Like the Bears are never, you don't even expect the Bears to be in on that. I think that's why it was so surprising when the Bears got Brandon Marshall. But the only reason they did that, Frank, is because Jay Cutler wanted it. That was the only yeah. reason they traded for him. Like, it's not like the the GM was looking out there and was like, you know what? We need some Brandon Marshall in here. He's like, no. Jay Cutler went to him and said, I'm tired of throwing to fucking bums. Get me my guy. And he did. And it was exactly like Derek Carr and, De- and Devontae Adams, even though obviously Brandon Marshall was never that good, but he was a very, very good player while he was here. It's just the Bears just are, are, are seemingly unable to find top tier guy like you you mentioned Alshon Jeffrey and, and Matt Forte I would argue people don't even remember who those people are outside of Chicago maybe Matt Forte because no, he was a very for, good he was popular in fantasy yeah yeah he was a very good fantasy player absolutely but like Alshon Jeffrey like I guarantee you people probably don't even think of him because he was I always I, he was good but he was never like a true superstar and, and, and like, you know, like a Cooper cup, like the bears, God forbid they ever have a player like that. Or 
Frank, like that, that's kind of what I'm saying in, in terms of why I'm a little bit worried about Ryan Poles and his, evalu- his ability to evaluate the offense. Velas Jones, good for him getting his first touchdown. That was awesome. I thought that was great. Why is he not involved in the offense more? Why is he not playing every single, not every single down, but he should be a, a featured receiver, right? Yeah. Like he should be a part of this offense. You had an opportunity to get George Pickens, who looks like Fucking a legit just as good stud. as we thought he was, yeah. Or Alec Pierce, who, yeah, did he have a rough first game of his career? Of course he did. That's that. Sometimes that happens. But you look at that game against uh, against Denver, and I mean he's making catches. The announcers are like, what? like Kirk Herbstreit was literally, how did he do that? Like. That's going to haunt you if those two guys are really fucking good because you needed to get a cornerback, granted, which this team definitely did need. Can't have Kendall Vildor out there. I know he made a good play, but he's not very good. And you needed another safety, but do you need them ahead of those types of guys to help out your court? Like, these are the things that are going to start building against Ryan Poles, and those are the types of guys that Bears fans are going to keep an eye on and be like, why did we not draft these guys? To, to when you're you're trying to build something with your quarterback. And I think that's where you and I, after the first draft day, or second one, whatever, were a little disappointed when, I mean, granted, they got a receiver, like I said, in Velas Jones. He's a little bit older. Who cares? doesn't matter at this point. But you and I were disappointed because the whole thing you and I want to know, and every Bears fan wanted to know this offseason, is Justin Fields the franchise quarterback. Is he that guy? Yeah. And you almost are handcuffing him by not drafting two guys that could have really helped him out. Yeah. But you know what though? I will say I'm shifting this year because I do think an identity is being formed on offense. I think that's, mm-hmm. starting to get more comfortable. I think Justin, I mean, dude, I'm watching this all 22 Jack. I swear to God, uh, stats be damned. Can I just say this too, for people, I, I'm getting real sick of people. There are other people who do podcasts about the Bears or like put up clips and I see and they're like, how low have we set the bar if we're if we're excited about a 200 yard game? Dude, I don't give a fuck about stats. Like if, if, if you're not at least watching some all 22 or like watching film after the fact, even it's the, if, if it's the broadcast view again, I don't care about what you're saying. We're not in a position to judge him just based off stats right now. That That's it's asinine. Um, anyway, I had to say that I. I I agree. Off my chest. But, dude, I that was the most decisive I've seen Justin. I mean, he looked goddamn good. He stepped up in the pocket a few times, a few more times than I even remembered the, on first watch. He felt the pass rush. And then his comments after the fact and saying, you know what? I'm finally starting to learn that I have to get into my own rhythm. I Like, th- things aren't as fast as my eyes are making them seem because these 300-pounders are just as fast as me. I can slow the game down mentally. And that was why I hearken back to like last year. That was why last year wasn't such a lost year for me in regards to Justin Fields because those reps mattered for that. Those mental reps of seeing things, of being a part, of having you on film, of of seeing what you could have done differently, that still matters. And that's why like the injury last year was disappointing, but then also the whole Andy Dalton thing was was really annoying. Um, But I said all that to say this year, I'm really looking at it as like his talent unless he played every game, like it was the Packers game where he just had, or, or, or not even that, probably the Texans game where it was like, that is just a bad Justin Fields. If you get 17 games of that, we may have to look at a different quarterback, but 
you see, you look at the other games, he just has so much talent, Jack, that like, how can you give up on that kid after two seasons? And then realistically, like a, a, a season and a half of starts, he's too talented. So like, I'm almost viewing it as like, first, continue to make this progress. I want to see the visual progress. I don't care about the stats. Two, continue to show everyone that it's the, the weapons around you that are at fault and it's not you. Well, or, or hopefully, like, Nikhil Harry winds up being a thing. Hopefully, the guys that are being, you know, that, that can step up can be, you know, Velas Jones gets more reps. Um, but if they, if they are bad, just continue to do your thing. And I'm almost looking at it like, Justin, just survive this year, continue to get better. And then, and then it brings me to what you were saying about polls. Then I'm going to judge polls more about next year. It's so hard for me to judge him with this year, dude. He got, he got dealt a bad hand with contracts and such. And we I, I don't want to go back on our word because we applauded him for shedding some of these contracts. And that's a big part of the reason why he couldn't do much with free agency or even like trading for a Tyreek Hill. The only place I fault him, and I don't know if I'm ever going to not fault him unless he drafts some good receivers next year, was Pickens and Pierce were both there where we wanted it, where we wanted them. Yeah, I, I can't I can't disagree with you there. I <clears throat> You do have to remind yourself sort of what this offseason was like for Ryan Poles coming in. I'm just, I, I, I don't know if, if those doubts are going to leave me because it seems to be, I mean, his priority seems to be different than, than my priorities in, in terms of what we talked about before the draft happened in terms of what we were ranking as key building blocks. And granted, I'm not, I'm obviously not a highly paid GM of a National Football League team. Uh, that's, that's Ryan Poltz's job. And, uh, you know, he sees things I don't, he has access to information that you and I don't. Um, but I, I, I just want to say one last thing, and then we'll talk about week six here and we'll talk bears, um, Washington commanders Thursday night football first. Um, giving up on fields, it, it's, it's the same shit that pissed me off with bears fans when it first started happening with Mitch. And whether it was 2018, 2019, it wasn't like you and I were super fans, but it was like Bears fans have been so conditioned to just assume that every quarterback they draft is going to be bad because it's the Bears and they can't develop quarterbacks, which is fair, right? They haven't really done it. But it's just like, you got to give people some time. Let Mitch prove that he's not the guy. And he did. That's exactly what we were led. That game in Atlanta when he got benched for Nick Foles, Frank, that was it, right? That was the moment you and I were both like, all right, <laughs> I think this guy's done. I think we're done with this guy. Let's let's move on. It's time. It's time. Justin Fields, I mean, even some of his worst games, he still made some really good passes. And there was that guy that was going around. I apologize. I, I you know, I, heard, I, I forget his name now, but he, he had a really good kind of media tour. He was going on radio stations and things like that and, and talking about some of the positives from that Texans game. It wasn't all Justin Fields being bad. It's the cast surrounding him. And that was something we talked about with Mitch, right? He Mitch had never really had weapons around him, right? Like he never really had go-to guys except for Allen Robinson when he was still Allen Robinson. But it wasn't like he was surrounded by an all-star cast and Anthony Miller flamed out in the lead. Like there were separate circumstances. Justin Fields hasn't really shown me that he can't develop into a into a good to great quarterback. He just has yeah. his ability well, to run with the football is 
what, maybe he's the third best runner in the league, maybe fourth if you count Josh Allen. Josh, I, I, yeah, I'd probably Lamar's go Josh. probably your one. Josh is two. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts three. Justin four. Who else is a better runner than him? That That's that's what I'm saying. That's a special asset to have. Yeah. No, I agree. But I also think, you know, th- something that needs to be said, and we've said this when it came to Mitch, because even when we were off the wagon, I, I unless it's a Josh Rosen, like it's clear. And, and Justin <laughs> has come nowhere near that. Right. And I don't think Mitch did either. Uh, granted, we were off and we were ready to move on from that's fine. But I want to go through a whole rookie contract because what if you give up on Jalen Hurts after year one or year two? That is, maybe he doesn't go anywhere else and, and becomes great. You may just ruin his career completely. But like these guys, it takes time to develop quarterbacks, man. It, it just is what it is. And, and we said this when it came to um, Burrow and Herbert. They almost spoiled the fan where they people think that quarterbacks just come in. And, and now, I mean, Burrow's struggling this year a little bit. Herbert doesn't look as, he, as good as he did the first two years. Like defenses find things out and there's sort of ups and flows, especially for a young quarterback. It just, it, it is what it is. It happens. And again, Justin hasn't showed me anything where I'm like, oh no, I want to get, I want to move on to a new quarterback while he's still on his rookie deal. That That's insane. And he was also in the worst offensive system in football last year. I mean, like, let, let's let's has the worst supporting cast this year. Yeah, let let's not let's not play games and 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 forget how bad Matt Nagy was it. And and it wasn't. And it's it's great that we have those sample sizes of Mitch, of Andy Dalton, of Nick Foles playing in that offense because it didn't work for anybody. So like, why why can we not just accept? That, that Justin Fields may need a little more time learning a new system that might actually fit his strengths. Because, Frank, and, and something I want to kill, the, the thought that the coaches don't trust Justin Fields, they're not letting him. Where the fuck was those comments like yesterday on Sunday night? Or, uh, yeah, on Sunday when he's on the Vikings and they're just letting him rip the fucking ball. And Justin and, and Matt Eberflus said it today, today being Tuesday, Justin Fields is starting to take command of the offense. It's the fifth game going into the sixth game of this offense. It's going to take some time. He had a full offseason as the starter, right? He didn't have to worry about battling it out with Andy Dalton, throwing to a bunch of fucking scrubs. Like, he's the guy. Give him some time. He's starting to take command. And that goes to what you just said a little bit earlier. That was the most decisive you saw Justin Fields look. He looked fucking good, man. Ever. And he looked like he knew where he was going. He looked like he knew where to put the ball. And he trusted Darnell Moody to make a fucking incredible catch. I'm excited to see what what he does on Thursday, Frank. I agree. No, I totally agree. And and, and I think my last comment there, and we can get into week six, is um, you you hear other people uh, around the league talk about you know, being in a new offense, Devonte Adams, granted different position, but the way he reads a defense is very much like a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers made that clear that they were on the, it, it took Devonte two or three years outside of the dropsies that he had in a couple for his first couple of seasons was because that's what great quarterbacks expect you to do. They expect you to see the same exact thing that they see in case there's a hot route or just you're on the same page with whatever, what, you know, what, what the defensive coverage is. And he talked about, he's like this new offense with McDaniels, I feel like I'm learning Mandarin right now. Like, so you think about, and, and we touched on this, um, you know, we sort of both harken back to our watch guide. Like Justin is in his third offense in three seasons. So the fact that anyone thought he was just, now, granted, watchability, I still have my complaints from the first 
four games. It is what it is. I want to be fun to watch. I, there will be never be an excuse for me to have a team that's awful to watch. But in terms of like getting the identity and like people being on the same page, just like you said, it's, it was game five. Like I wouldn't ever expect them to put up 30 points right out the gate. They don't even have the weapons to do that, let alone the experience with each other. So yeah, I mean, pe people, people will overreact, um, you know, way too much. And I also think like people sort of take criticism too far in the sense of like, um, and I guess an overall feel. We were both on record. Well, I don't know. Were you with me that one? I was on record saying Justin had a bad game against the Texans. It is what it is. There were other things that let him down, but he had a bad game. And I'm going to comment when Justin has a bad game. That doesn't mean I take that thought and say, well, looks like he's fucking going. Yep. Like oh, he, welcome to Chicago, Bryce Young or yeah, CJ exactly. Stroud. <laughs> exactly. It's 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 silly that people just make these ultimate conclusions. But then you also look silly because in the next week he has a good game and you're like, maybe this kid's the one. You just <laughs> last week we're talking about getting rid of it. Like you can't have these sort of you know ultimate uh, outcome based thoughts with, after one game or two games or whatever. But I also just. The biggest thing, and you, you've touched on this more than anyone that I know, and I think you hit it on the head every time you do, is is we're not used to having young quarterbacks. Like, we had Rex. We didn't treat Jay like he was a young guy. We came in, the, people act like he was just this Hall of Famer already, and we were, right. he was just going to make Johnny Knox and Devin Hester the best receiving core in the world. Um, and then we had Mitch. Like, we never, Chicago doesn't really get young quarterbacks. So I think as a fan base, we're just, like, confused. Like, what do you mean grow? What do you mean they have to yeah. learn? Like, <laughs> They just, I don't think we as a whole understand that. Like we don't get that concept. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And, and I mean, you look at just some of the plays Justin was making in, in this game. Like, it happened in the first game, and it, and it happened in this game as well. I'm sure it's happened a bunch more. I just can't really think of them, like, right off the top of my head. But when was the last time that, like, the Bears would get penalized or they'd get sacked? by like 10 yards and then they'd make up they, they the bears are able to make up those yardage they, they're able to do that now and and he made a great throw to amir smith marset it was a really really good throw and you think about the fastball he threw to to cole Komet. he's starting to understand how to throw the football and when to do certain things when to loft it when to give your guy downfield a chance in darnell mooney instead of when to just rip you know fire and rip it into to cole Komet for, to make sure he's able to catch it yep. he's starting to pick those things up in this offense and and i think we're going to continue to see that growth and, and i think this is a great segue to just straight up talk about uh, game uh, or the Thursday night game at home against Washington. Frank, I expect the Bears to absolutely dominate this game from start to finish. I'm not saying they're going to go out and score 45 points and and hold the Commanders to to zero, but I think that the the Bears should be able to control this football game completely. Carson Wentz limited two practices in a row with a right shoulder strain. He hasn't looked all that. I mean, he looks like Carson Wentz, right? You know, everyone is complaining and Colts fans, things like that about how, oh my God, you know, we traded Carson Wentz uh, for, for Matt Ryan. Carson Wentz is one in four guys. His team is terrible and he's had good and he has good weapons, right? Like he has some really good weapons to work with. Frank, this team, this commander's team is terrible. The Bears should, the Bears should absolutely win this game. See, I, I don't know about, I'm picking them to, to, to win. I, I think the Bears will win this game. I don't know about dominate, though. 
Antonio Gibson is a pretty good running back. Brian he Robinson, sucks. he's still recovering. But we can't stop the run, though. That's the thing. Is like, and not for nothing. I know Carson can be streaky. We we know that. He he's so when it all adds up to it, he's a pretty average or maybe even a tad below average quarterback. But Jalen Johnson will be back, is what it's looking like. So he's probably going to be on Terry. Who the fuck is going to stop Jahan Dotson if he plays? Their, their receiving core is really fucking good. It is. Uh, I, I worry more about Curtis Samuel than I really do anyone I else. I mean, him, he's, I that, him. Yeah, he's, he's that quick. That Swiss Army knife type. And, and he's back to full health, too. It's a good offense, Frank. Don't, don't get me wrong. But I think the pass rush can get home. Right. The offensive line, you're going to get to see Charles Leno Jr. again. Uh, we'll, we'll see about is is I hate that Robert Quinn has these like this is his career where he has this fucking incredible season. Where you're like, there we go. Superstar pass rusher. And then the next year he does fucking nothing. It's so weird to me. It is very weird. I want to see Dominique Robinson take over for Al-Kadim Muhammad. I, he did 55 he just he just doesn't give you anything. He just has Justin Jones has looked really damn good, and that that's a that was a really good signing. But it, like Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson, these guys who were supposed to be your leaders, they were invisible on Sunday against the Vikings. They, this run defense should not be this bad, but it's because the linebackers are so bad. Nick Morrow, I, I thought he could be a sneaky good signing. He just doesn't really offer a whole lot. Yeah, and Roquan just he just looks so out of place in this defense. It's just not, it just doesn't seem to be a very good fit right now. That being said, I still think the bears are the better team, right? I I think they're going to be able to run the football in this Washington defense. I really do. Um, And and I think, I think Justin is going to have his best game of the season. I think he's sort of, it's sort of what he's been building up to. It's a short week. You're at home. It's against a pretty bad defense. I don't know. This 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 could be a breakout game for him. I'm not saying it will it happen. I'm just I'm I just will. saying I think it could be. And and that's what I was sort of touching on. Um, you know, in, in our immediate reaction pod was this has to be a catapult game. Like what what happened in that second half against the Vikings has to unleash something in this offense. It has to build some sort of momentum. Otherwise, it just was sort of a lucky second. Not, I don't want to say lucky, but like flash in the pan type of second half. And some of the things that I want to see, we sort of touched defensively. You know, pass rush might be able to get home. Hopefully, I mean, I, the linebacker, Jack Sanborn just has to get more reps. I know he's an undrafted guy, but like, what the fuck do we have to lose? Let's see if he can be an actual player, you know, moving forward. Um, but offensively, again, I need to see you. You touched on this earlier. I need to see Vellis Jones out there. He he should be back in shape. He he's he's back. This is third week back from the IR. Get Dante Pettis should not be getting reps over him. I don't care if Pettis is a better route runner or a better blocker. I don't give a fuck what your excuse is. Get Vellis Jones out there. He's your third round pick. He's the only receiver you picked. Put him out there. You have to. You you can't. There, there's no good excuse or good reason to have Pettis out there. Um, I think the same for EQ. There, any any reps that Vellis takes from Pettis, the rest of those Pettis reps go to EQ. Pettis should be a special teamer. I, I don't care how thin we are at receiver. He can't be out there any longer. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think the, the biggest thing that I want to see from this offense, 
they have to get started earlier because it, the, yes. what, what happened in the Vikings game was exactly what I said in the Niners game was it like, is this by design that we're starting slow and we're running the ball more and we don't get to the misdirection and things until the second half? Or is like Luke Getze just being conservative, sort of keeping it close and then trying to make plays towards the end, which is like, if you're a playoff team playing a team that's better than you, I get it. We're not a playoff team. Everyone is better than us. Let's, let's, let's unleash it a little bit. Let's fucking get, get these boys out the cage and let's go. Like, let's, let's just free it all up and, and, and play. So I, I want to see Luke Getze get more and more aggressive earlier and earlier as the weeks go on. Um, and and th this is the prime time to do that. Just like you said, this could, I mean, depending on how, if the defense shows up and if we can continue to make progress offensively, this can be a little bit of a shootout on Thursday night, Jack. That's what you hope for from these short weeks, those sloppy games. And, and you want to see, you, I get, I get the bears aren't designed right to score 45 points right now, Frank, but God damn, at some point you want to see it happen a little bit, right? Like you look at some of the bad teams around the league, the lions, I mean, granted, the lions have a, have an established quarterback and I, I would argue better weapons right now. Um, yes. than, than the Bears do. Um, but you see those bad teams like the Seahawks and, and and the Falcons even like able to just put up these 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 points and things like, like the Bears, like at some point you have to show that you can score touchdowns. Like you you just have to, like you said, open it up a little bit. Don't be so predictable with the running on first down every single time. If you're gonna establish the run, that's fine. But then try play action. See what happens. It not every drive has to end in points, right? Like you saw it kind of with the Raiders last, uh, last night too. You know they they get they get down. It's it's you know fourth and one, and then then you take a deep shot. Like it's okay that if they turn the ball over, but at least you're trying to take those deep shots. I you're right. I, I want I want to see some aggressiveness. What do you have to lose at this point? You're two and three. You're at home. It's against another bad team. Why not take some chances? Why not give it a shot? Jack, I swear to God, if we run a play action fake on first down against any team, there will be three wide receivers wide open. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. I, I can almost guarantee you. I have when I watch the all 22, I only watch the pass plays. I don't really give a shit about the run game right now. Right. Um, but I, if you were to watch, I almost guarantee the safeties, the corners, and the linebackers are all over committing on the run on first down because we do it every first down. Every it's time, every time, like every just give time. me one or two. I'd like more than that, but just give me one or two. And I guarantee there will be multiple open receivers to a point where Justin may like freeze and get sacked. Cause he's like, Holy shit. Why is everyone wide open? Did they, did they blow the play dead? Like that's how wide open people would be. Well, and you, you kind of see that sometimes happen with Justin where he like, he like almost air mills a throw or like, cause he's like, he's like, Oh, Oh shit. I got him. <laughs> he's wide open. I got him. Um, but no, I, I agree. And, and then the last thing I wanted to say is that, that there should, you, I agree with you. There should be a very clear hierarchy of, of targets. It should be Darnell Mooney is your number one guy, clear and obvious. Cole Komet is your number two. That's who you should be looking for next. Nikhil Harry, uh, maybe. EQ. It's gotta be EQ. No, no, no. I, I'd go, I'd go Vela. Sorry. Vela's as your third option. St. Brown, Nikhil Harry. Dante Pettis is like down down here and, yeah. and it just it, it it has to it has to be like that and and I know it might seem obvious to your opponents but 
Oh, oh, or at the very least, get David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert both involved. They they have to find a way. Khalil Herbert is way too fucking good of a player to be sitting on the bench every every other play when yeah. when, when Montgomery is in because Doc, David Montgomery looked fucking good on Sunday. You have to give him the ball, but you also have to find a way to get Khalil Herbert involved. You just have to. I, I agree, but I, I will say though, Jack, they're going to have to get aggressive early in order to make that happen because teams are stacking the box. Yep. The, the yep. reason that Justin Fields had so much success in that second half is because they took advantage of nine-man boxes. He did what he was supposed to do. That like, right. But in order to lessen that, in order to have seven-man boxes like normal or even eight, you need to throw the ball early, early and often, and that'll open up the run. I, I feel like that's not talked about enough. I know everyone's the run will open up the pass. Sometimes the pass opens up the run, too. <laughs> you lighten those boxes. You make them yep. commit. Like you, you Now you, you know they have uh, six secondary pieces out there instead of you know, four linebackers or whatever. Like you can sort of play it nickel, dime, whatever. But now you have a lighter box in there. Now Khalil Herbert is running over a corner or an extra safety instead of another linebacker. Like, right. So I, that, that's why I want to see Getsy get aggressive and get aggressive early. And I think he will. I, I I don't think, again, I think people have been a little harsher on Getsy and we've been a little bit harsh, but even than us, I don't think he's been bad. I think he's just been conservative. There's a difference between that. He, he's calling things within the flow of a game. He hasn't been bad at calling plays. He's been bad at knowing when to be aggressive, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, and and one thing else I'm I'm curious to watch for Frank and and I haven't seen anything to suggest otherwise is the offensive line configuration. Uh like I said, I haven't seen anything to suggest that Sam Mustafer won't be your starting center again or that Lucas Patrick won't be at left guard. You know, you'll you'll have the same five guys and it, as long as the mistakes don't pile up like that, that's what I'm looking for. Where is the accountability if if Sam Mustafer keeps you can't you can't have it. You can't have it if you're a building team, if you're looking for key pieces. You can't have that. You can't have guys skating away thinking that when they make a mistake, it's 100 percent OK. I'm not saying that that, you know, he should be cut right then and there if it happens again. But you, at some point you have to say this is unacceptable. I'm not having this anymore with our offense. So. Um, sounds like I'm going bears. Sounds like you're going yep. bears. Uh, we'll have them at 500 going into a little bit longer of a week. Um, let's get into the rest of the, the NFL, Frank. Uh, there's some, some good matchups here. There, the first bye week for teams, uh, the Raiders, the Texans, the lions, and, uh, the Titans are all on buys. So, uh, NFL season now feels like it's fully in swing. It's, it's very yeah. weird that we're already at week six. Dude, it's so strange. I almost forgot bye weeks existed until I started to set my fantasy lineups. And I was yep. like, holy shit, there are bye weeks. Yep. I, I was excited. I was like, all right, here we go. Damian Pierce, I'm ready to lock and let. Oh, okay. Yeah, it threw Fuck. me for a loop. <laughs> but uh, there's a really, yeah, so, so we'll get into it. Sunday's games, obviously. Baltimore at the Giants. The Giants obviously coming off of a, a very good win. Man. Frank, that's uh, going to be a question. You and I will be pondering for years to come about uh the the bears option to to get brian dable and and bring him in uh but i also I think, wonder how I, I need i need there to be some reporting or discovery like how possible that even was he was linked to the giants very early pretty much from the get-go they, they he had the connection with the right. gm and they, this yeah. wasn't a bruce arians like he's begging to come to chicago and we said no let's pick the canadian guy like yeah this wasn't that but to your point he was our number one choice. That's all I'll say, but. Yeah, he's a very, very good team, but they are hosting 
Baltimore. And, and you know, Baltimore didn't play great last week, but it's still Baltimore. They're down a couple of receivers. Rashad Bateman was hurt. But Devin Duvernay has come out of nowhere to be uh, a, a very efficient player. Um, Frank, I'm, I'm going to go Baltimore. I'm going to go Baltimore on the road. I'm going the quarterback, Matt. You know how I do things. I, I When I'm not sure, I'm going to go based off the quarterback matchup. And right now, I think – I think I don't think I know that Baltimore has the better quarterback right now. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going Baltimore, too. I don't think very much. Uh, I don't think very much an analysis needs to be done on this game. I'm going Baltimore. Uh, then we got Jacksonville at Indy. <sighs> Frank, I struggle with this one. I, I, I don't know what to do. So I, I'm going to go Indy. I, they're, they're at home. They they, they kind of snuck out of Denver with a win. Um Jacksonville just is having some struggles right now. Trevor Lawrence is, is not playing the best, and, and Indy's defense has been pretty good. So I'm going to go Colts. I don't feel super confident, but I'm going to go Colts at all. I've, I was a little iffy on this, and I actually Googled Indianapolis Colts, and I went to the Wikipedia page, and their owner is Duval County. Um, listen, the Colts can't <laughs> beat the Jaguars. I'm going Jaguars. Fair enough. New England at Cleveland. New England with a very surprising win against Detroit. I, I thought Detroit was going to go in there and just score points and points and points, and they just were terrible. Um, I'm going to go Cleveland, though. I know Cleveland kind of blew it last week, but, I mean, Nick Chubb has been absolutely on fire right he now. He has been, and yeah. I, I think this is a game Cleveland should win. I'm going. I'm going New England. They, that they, I don't. It could just be them owning golf. Like I, I picked them because I, I knew Bill Belichick just puts a spell on that kid. I don't know what he has on him, <laughs> but I'd like to also think that that defense is starting to turn a corner because they looked. Fa- I mean, yeah, the Lions were the number one offense in the league going into last week. Like I, I get it that the Lions, haha, they've been bad. They were a really good offense that scored zero points. That's hard to do in today's NFL to score zero points. So and, and that that was more on New England's defense. I don't think Jacoby Brissett is a better quarterback than Jared Goff. I think, I think the Patriots do the same thing, not shut them out. They have a better run game, but I'm going Pats. The Jacoby Brissett revenge game, Frank. Just keep that in mind. Uh, <laughs> Cincinnati at New Orleans. New Orleans has found their quarterback, Frank Taysom Hill, baby. <laughs> I do not. I will still never understand how that man is, is, is good. I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, that being said, I'm, I'm going to go Cincinnati though. They, I'm they going Cincy win. as well. This, do you remember when we were sort of in the off season, we didn't have much to talk about and we were sort of talking about other teams just in passing and shit. The saints are just as weird as we thought they were going to be. This yeah. is a weird team, dude. Yeah. They are just, yeah. they're weird. It's, it's hard to get a gauge on them. So some weeks they're, they look super good. Then the next week they look terrible. It's very interesting. Uh, Tampa Bay at Pittsburgh. Uh, I was going to go upset here, Frank. I was going to kind of be sneaky and cute about it with Pittsburgh, but I, I can't in good faith pick against Tom Brady in this game. Like this, they, they, I think Tampa Bay is, is going to win this one pretty easily. I also think it's tough because the Steelers defense looks bad. I mean, yeah. I don't know when's the last time the Steelers have had a really bad defense. They've had some average ones in our lifetime. They look awful. Yeah. Um, and the Buccaneers defense, they, they sort of do that that thing where it's like, you know, they're good, but they just they're you know they sort of call off the dog sometimes. But a rookie quarterback, they may give Kenny Pickett some fitness. This might be a blowout. I'm going Bucks. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird to see the Pittsburgh Steelers at the top of the draft 
board right now. Like they would, if the season ended today, they would have the number one pick. It makes you kind of think about, you know, Mike Tomlin and, and, you know, what his future may hold in Pittsburgh. Like this kind of may be setting up for not necessarily a rebuild, but maybe just a different voice in, in, in the room in terms of where that team is going. Cause like you said, they're, He's a defensive guy. They've always had that defensive spirit. And again, there's still plenty of time for them to turn things around. You know, how many times have we written the, the Steelers off and they ended up finishing, you know, eight and eight, you know, nine and seven, things like that. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But this is not a game in their favor. Uh, the 49ers at Atlanta. Jimmy G uh, apparently has come back to life um, and, and Atlanta is not very good. So <laughs> I'm going to go with San Francisco. I'm going to go with San Fran as well. They, they, they're starting to look like a really complete team. Um, but this has the makings to be a pretty fun game. Yes. Cause the Falcons are, are fun, bad. They're, yes. they're really fun to watch, dude. I, I, I have enjoyed them. And Mariota's look better than, than I better thought. Better than we expected. Better yeah. than you and I have both expected him. I mean, too. he looks like a starting quarterback and I didn't, I yeah. legitimately did not think he was one and he looks like one this year. I, I will say I, I saw some uh, just fantasy things uh, in regards to target shares and, and, and things like that. And with, with Kyle Pitts barely getting usage and him being hurt this week, everyone expected Drake London's numbers to just soar. But apparently Arthur Smith decided to go with Zacchaeus for some strange reason. Arthur Smith seems like a weird dude. He seems like a guy who's next to get fired. Like, like It just seems like he seems like the next in line because things are just so weird down there. I know he'll probably get another year because they expected to be bad, but I, I would not be surprised if uh, if he is on the chopping block pretty soon here. Uh, Jets at Green Bay. Frankie, I'm going Jets. Fuck it. I'm going with the Jets. The Packers, I told you, I've been texting you this every single week since the Bears game. The Packers are not that good, and yet they just keep lining up perfect matchups for them to just get guys at the right time and just kind of stack wins. But they're not that good of a team, Frank. And we saw it against the Giants in London. I'm going with the Jets. Zach Wilson looks like he's bringing something to this Jets offense, man. They, they've been pretty fun. And Brees Hall, I don't know who the fuck had Ken Walker as the number one running back. Come on, man. Brees Hall all the way. Love that guy. He's he, Brees Hall has looked really good the last couple of weeks. Listen, I'm going with the Packers. Um. I'm still not bought in on the Jets. I'm just not. <laughs> it's a, they look good last week. That was that was one where I was like, that looks like a really mm-hmm. solid offense. I still, I, dude. Uh, Zach Wilson still misses some of the easiest throws, like <laughs> yeah. wide open s- swing passes out of the backfield that could be walked in for a touchdown. It's it's, and you know the whole thing with. Uh, Bridgewater being out, should he not have been out? That whole thing happened. They, they took him out because he stumbled, apparently, which I didn't see it on film. Um, I think that had more of an effect on what was happening. I don't remember who the third stringer was. He couldn't move the ball for Miami. I mean, just it's they, they were dead in the water. I, I I may change my tune if they beat the Packers in that sort of fashion, but I'm not bought in on the Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Frankie. Uh, Minnesota at Miami. Speaking of Miami. Uh, who the fuck knows what's happening with their quarterback situation. I'm going Minnesota all the way. I'm going Minnesota as well, but I think if Teddy plays, which he should, cause I don't think he was concussed. Um, I don't think so. Either. And I feel like if we didn't have as much to talk about in the beginning of the episode, we could have talked about the whole concussion thing and we're, we're sort of where it's heading. Um, 
And also the, uh, <laughs> the the roughing the passer calls that are absolutely getting out of control. Out of control. I, th- th- that's insane. What was I mean, what was Deion Jones supposed to do against Tom Brady, Frank? Do, uh, push push him. Even- what, what was the what was the other call? It, it wasn't even the Brady game. It was a different call uh, this Derek past Carr, week as well. Derek yeah, the Derek Carr and Carr the Chiefs. One. What the fuck are like? What are yeah. you supposed to do here? Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, very strange. I am going Vikings as well. But I think if Teddy plays, that's going to be a barn burner of a game. I think it could be a really fun one for sure. Uh, Carolina at the Rams. Um, you know, Carolina. Who the fuck knows what's happening with their quarterback situation? Even with Baker, I mean, they're just. Just wasn't a good outlook. But the Rams, man, they've been bad. They just have Super not Bowl hangover. I yeah, told you. Yeah, they just they just haven't looked like themselves. But I think this this is a get right game for the Rams. They should win this one. I agree. And if you're the Panthers, put in Matt Corral. What 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 excuse do you not have? His torn ACL. Um uh, that's right. He did tear his ACL. Yeah. Yeah. Who am I? I'm thinking of the Giants. Who was the Giants quarterback they drafted? No, 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 Sam Howell for the. I think you're thinking of Sam Howell. That's what I'm thinking of for Howell the for, for the Commanders. Yeah, yeah for the I'm commanders. getting all these mid round quarterbacks mixed. They're up. bad. They're all bad. Okay. Well, Malik Willis should should. I, I think he should be playing at this point. In Tennessee. Them. Yeah, I no. think he should. No, 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 no. They're still playoff contenders. You can't do that. You, you, Derek Henry. What, what is Ryan Tannehill really even doing? You know, what does he get? The last couple of weeks, he's played good. He sucks. Fuck Tennessee. They're terrible. Uh. <laughs> Arizona at Seattle. Frankie, upset city. I'm going Seattle, baby. Gino, I'm buying in. Listen, man, the, the Cardinals are about, it's kind of what you were saying with the Saints, about as weird as we thought they'd be. I thought, the, I thought the Cardinals would be way better than this, and they are just not in sync right now. They, they I, I'm really curious to see, like, the athletic article that comes out when Cliff Kingsbury eventually gets fired whether it's after this year or in two years, I, I, he has to be a really poor leader because it's clear that like his offensive mind is really good, but they just look so discombobulated and undisciplined every, every single week. week. Every week. Every single week. It's like, what, what is happening? There's too much talent on that team, even with injuries and such, for them to play that way. And I'm not yeah. even saying like win, lose, or draw. Like the, Forget the outcome. Just look at what you're seeing on the field as the product of them. They're too talented to... to to play that way. It's very weird. I'm going with the Seahawks as well, though. I think the problem was giving Kyler the keys um, when you knew that there were some things going on behind the scenes. Uh, Cause he just, he, he just doesn't look like he, he, he's, he makes a lot of mistakes, Frank, that he shouldn't yeah. be made. Um, but it's also, it, it's one of those things though, Jack, where it's like, I feel like we were with this with Jay Cutler where people wanted to get rid of him, but it's like, realistically, if what do you do? Where do you go from there? You <laughs> right. know, it's hard to upgrade when you're a middle of the pack team and you have a good or pretty good quarterback that maybe is never going to be elite, but they're good enough to win you some gate. Like that's a tough position to be in for them. But, but again, just like you said, do you just, does that mean you just give them the keys and give them the big contract that you gave them? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I will say fantasy wise, fantasy wise, it's nice having Hollywood Brown because he's he's that's that was a good that was a really good trade for them. Good, good on them. But uh, no, man, like I want to stick on Seattle just for a second longer because I think it's worth kind of talking about. It's something that Frank and I have been talking about for, I don't know, since we started this podcast. Was Russell Wilson really holding this offense back? I don't know, Frank. I mean, Gino stepped in. Looks looks like he's cooking <laughs> the same way that he was. I mean, 
And Russ looks bad in Denver, Frankie. He looks really, really, really bad. But it was something that me and you had said, though. It's like, it seemed like every time they tried to take Russ, you know, off the leash, if you will, like open up the offense, he started to look bad. And there comes a point where it's like, oh, let him cook, let him cook. Why do you run the ball so much? And it's like, after about eight years, the coaching staff kind of knows who they have. Like knows yeah. like that there's a reason that they're doing that. Right. And I know there's going to be some idiot that's like, well, you're saying that about Justin. Justin Fields is in year two. You let him make all the mistakes that, that you can't. But when you're a playoff contender in year fucking eight, yes, you do what you can to win the game. And if that means running the ball 40 times, you run the ball 40 times. But like, yeah, they, they did that for so many years for a reason. Like, that was the formula that got them there with an elite defense. I mean, that, that what was it, the 2014 or whatever year with the, the LOB, that was an historically great defense. That was like a top 10 defense of all time. It was one of the best defenses of all time that's, going up yeah. against one of the best offenses in the league in the Peyton Manning-led Broncos, and that's why they won that Super Bowl because it was yeah. just... And I, but I also yeah. think, you know, it's a very unique situation with Russ the way that we get annoyed with him being so disingenuous, his teammates feel that too. You look at the way they tweet about him. Richard Sherman can't stand that guy. Like, and it's very rare yeah. that people are that outspoken about a former teammate, especially when like they didn't have like spats while they were in or like, you know, uh, it's not like Russ like talk shit about them on their way out. He just did, but like people feel that. Yep. It, yeah, I mean, we owe an apology. To, he's not even being around him. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, and I I think we owe an apology to Geno Smith because he's been he's been he's been balling. He hasn't won a lot of games, granted, but I mean, it, uh, I, at this point, it doesn't matter. He can sort of flame out, and I think he's bought himself six or seven years at least as a backup in this league after yeah. performing the way he has after five weeks. I think I agree. Uh, a game that I cannot believe has not been flexed into Sunday night or or Monday. I don't know if you could do Monday night, but I don't know how this wasn't a, a primetime game. I know it's game of the week, obviously, but Buffalo at Kansas City. I mean, come on, man. What more can you ask for? I, I, Frank, I, I'm breaking. I'm breaking our rule. I'm breaking our rule. I'm doing it. I'm going Buffalo this week, Frankie. I want to. I want no, to. No, come so on. Bad, join Jack. me. Join me. Revenge Listen, game for Josh Allen. It is the, the revenge game. The Chiefs game. looked like shit last week. Or not shit, but they didn't look very good against the Raiders. Yeah, but they, the Raiders always play them tough. Listen, the Bills have been playing lollipop offenses, and everyone's like, their defense is fucking number. Listen, y'all haven't played Kermit, okay? You haven't played <laughs> the best quarterback in the goddamn league. Um, no, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's something that the Chiefs have on the Bills. It's just that little... I don't know what it is. We've seen this before. I feel like we've seen this before where it was like, you know, Brady just always got past Peyton. It was just something, and not all literally every time, but it was just that one thing where it was like teams felt even the quarterbacks feel even, but it's just something. And that's the feel that I get with the bills and the chiefs. That's a very, very good way to describe this. This is basically right? your new, your new Brady and and Manning, except in this case, both quarterbacks are extremely likable. I like I, Frank. I, I know I know. I've tried to talk myself into it every single year, every single time I watch Patrick Mahomes. He just he just what what if what if the Bears had been competent and drafted the right quarterback? Would they have been able to develop him in the right way? I don't know. 
but you look at how the way he fucking plays football and he just like he's he's almost getting sacked and you're like oh they got him and then he just fucking underhands it and turns into a fucking 12 yard game it's just like god damn it like why why can the bears just not have that luck to find that guy why do we not hire andy Reid? Right? Why was Andy Reid not the Chicago Bears head coach? Why didn't that happen, huh? Wait, who did you know? we? Who? Who was that? Still Lovey? I when he got when was, fired from Philly. When, when was he hired? Twenty thirteen. I don't even know. My Andy timeline Reed. with that is so off. His time in Philly seems so long ago. Because I mean, we he was in Philly in the early two thousands, beating the Bears in the playoffs with Donovan McNabb, right? Wasn't in 01? No, no. Chip Kelly was twenty twelve. So Andy Reid would have been gone by then. Yeah, oh, so 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 twenty. No, no, no. He was hired in twenty thirteen. And he was with the Eagles up until then, or did he, did he take? He time was with. Off? No, no, no. He was with the Eagles in twenty twelve, and then he got hired by Who the, the Chiefs. By the quarterback Chief. at the end by that point. Twenty twelve would have been Nick Foles. Would have been Nick Foles. He was their third round pick. Huh. Uh, here, you know what? I, I this is this is too intriguing now. Uh, yeah. They went four and twelve, which is why he got fired. Okay. Which is kind of crazy to think about that that they, they got rid of Andy Reid because you think about and how then, I immediately steps into, into Kansas. It was Mike Vick. It was the Mike Vick resurgence year. Remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would say Nick Foles didn't ring a bell, but Mike Mike Vick does. He, what, there was, was Alex Nick Foles. Smith immediately their quarterback in Kansas City. In Kansas City, yep. They traded him and he because he fucking so much. Oh my god, he looked good in that offense. Yeah, and and so 2013 is the year that not only did we pass on Bruce Arians the Bears, but they also hired. No, no, no. Wait. wait, 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 wait. Hold on. 2012 is when we hired yep. Tressman, right? 20, 2013. The 2013 season was Mark Tressman's first year. Okay. So instead of Andy Reid and now Bruce Arians, they went with Mark Trussman. But just like you say, when you look back That's at these times, we're always like a fucking year a late. On behind. Yep. We're always a well, step behind. Well, you think about it too, Frank. Would Andy Reid have really not been able to make good use of Jay Cutler? Would Bruce Arians? But that's I mean, all he's talking about after interviews and such. He's like, I will make Jay Cutler a top five quarter. Like he was so high on it. Yeah. Well, the bears fucking suck. Old road. I'm still going Buffalo. You can't convince me that the bills I'm going, are... I'm going chiefs. I'm breaking our rule and I'll probably look foolish for doing so, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Dallas at Philadelphia. Uh, not that's a Sunday night game. I'm not sure if Dak is supposed to play. I don't think he is yet, but I'm going Philly either way. I don't really care who's starting I Philly's too. And Nick Sirianni, is just making Frank Reich look like an ass cloud, to be honest with you. Nick, Nick Sirianni, we were making, I remember we made fun of him <laughs> the first couple of refs conferences. Well, he, he was had. so nervous. That's yeah, why he, he that was, was hilarious. Well, he looks like he's having a lot of fucking fun right now. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going Philly as well. I'm going Philly as well. I, I, but that, I think it's going to be a close one. That Cowboys defense is fucking nasty. Micah Parsons. Hey. Yeah. Micah Parsons might be, when it's all said and done, one of the best defensive ends we've ever seen in our life that kid is fucking special. and he doesn't even play defensive end all the time he plays That's linebacker great, yeah it's he's, wild man he's insane yeah it's it's pretty crazy and you know eventually the the cowboys will figure out that uh tony pollard is a better running back than i don't get it zeke. and it's not that zeke even looks bad it's just he didn't have that burst anymore like a no. short yardage back on third down he'll get you the three or four yards but yep 
Yeah, Tony yeah. Pollard's just more explosive than him. Uh, speaking of Russ, Monday night football game, uh, Denver. A lot of prompt at prime time. Please. This is it's it's week six and Denver is back in in Monday Night Football, Fuck, dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm going Chargers. Let's just close this out. Let's I'm close going Chargers. The Chargers are going to win the game, fifteen to twelve. Yeah, yeah. I'm going Chargers, but uh, it's going to be a rough game. Uh, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Bear with Us podcast. We appreciate you listening through all the way. This has definitely been a longer podcast, and I think Frank and I intended it to be, but it was a lot of fun. We had a really good time. Um, we appreciate you listening. And Frank, Thursday night, it's only a couple nights away. Let's go Bears. Fuck yeah. Later, Jackie. Later, everybody.